All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing is nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth building market insights. Hi, I'm Matt Schreiber, and this is Bull Bear Radio. Hey, we're everywhere you want to be now. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud. We're we're out there. If you aren't, you know, listening, listen. If you ain't sharing it, share it. You know, uh, get your get your brother, your sister, your mother, your father. You know, your cousins. Everybody's got to be listening to Bull Bear Radio. Don Schreiber, is that right? Am I right or am you I bet. right? Right, hey man. I picked up. I picked up last week's episode on that uh, iTunes. Boy, that was slick. It, it was easy. It yeah, was great. Yeah, yeah. We even got some reviews too, which is kind of nice. I guess you know people kind of like it, or or maybe or whatever. So that's cool. Maybe they don't, but hopefully they like it. So be, uh, let's be nice. Let's review it. Let's give us a good review. Wow, you can't, you know, you can't tell them to, you know, just review it and love it, you know, that's, but you can review it and hopefully you like it. Okay. So, you know, we're always talking about, uh, you know, the markets, the economy around here. That's what we do on Bull Bear Radio. Sometimes we even talk some sports. Now, hey, the Eagles, you know, and the Patriots, Super Bowl, right? Don. Eagles and Pats. Yeah. Who are you going with? You going with Man, Brady and the I, I boys, think, or are you gonna go with with Alshon and the Eagles and watch them fly? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta like the Eagles and Alshon Jeffrey. You well, Stephon Gilmore plays for the Pats, so a former Gamecock over there. But I mean, Alshon had a huge game. The Eagles stomped Minnesota. Oh, let, hey, be careful. You know, we might I have some could, Vikings I, fans listening. It was a tough game. Condolences. But, uh, you know, Alshon, uh, you know, he had a big game. He kind of kind of let you guys up. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm going to shout out to uh, Gary Stroik, our CIO, a lifetime maniac Eagles fans. Yes. Congratulations. And, yes. Congratulations. He is. I'm sure I haven't been able to congratulate him on the big win this morning, but I'm sure he's on cloud nine. So. The economy's been on cloud nine for for uh, 2017, 2018. Looks like we're getting off to a good start, um, you know. But housing starts, Don. Month of December down eight percent month over month. What's that all about? Is that a sign of uh, things to come? Well, people went to uh, you know shopping for the holiday season. You know they're trying to fill up the sleigh, uh, but. The reason why they, housing starts, they're not filling it up with a house, I guess, huh? No, no, no. Everybody's switching. but So I think that there's some uh, uh, seasonality to that, uh, part of the normal cycle. It's cyclical. But here's the deal. Interest rates are rising. Yeah. They, mortgage mortgage yeah, rates mortgage are rates higher are yep. than what they were. Yeah, they, they had a real big uh, increase throughout the second half of the year into the 4% range, low 4% range. So I, I'd imagine that's slowing things down. Is that about right? You bet. I think we were at, you know, lo- low threes probably at the beginning of the year. And we get into, you know, 4.1% now on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. And um, 
It's not going lower. It's not looking good. It's going as higher. Good as it did. It's going higher. So, so what are you thinking about? Uh, you know, I know you were following uh, the goings on at Barrett Jackson this past weekend. Um, yeah, well, mor- mortgages aren't the only soft thing, man. You know, classic cars are uh, a good uh, marketer. When people are exuberant and they like to spend some money, classic car prices are strong. But you know, they're not so strong this year. Yeah, not so strong. I was really surprised. Bunch of uh, nice-looking cars were selling at prices that just shocked me on the low side, and I think that that's you know kind of a tell on where the markets might where be the going. big money might be. Got to be careful. Not- Got to be careful, man. When people aren't spending, um, you know, they're gonna uh, not as much money in the classic car, you know, slush fund these days, huh? I don't know why. I'm surprised, you know, with a, with a stock market rolling, you would think that, you know, the classic car uh, buyer would have plenty of cash jingling in their pockets. But, you know, it's a little soft and, you know, there's a lot of reasons for concern. Well, well, People, I think, generally are starting to get very, spooked. very nervous spooked, and yeah. spooked about the valuation that. of this market. I'm hearing that. I mean, you we're know. at 5%. S&P's up 5% already. I know, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's actually the, the best two-week start since, you know, 1987. We'll talk about that in a minute, but, you know, may, it, could it be that, uh, you know, a couple of big companies, you know, $5 trillion asset manager, uh, you know, came out and said that um, a 60-40, 60% stocks, 40% bond portfolio over the next 10 years may only return 4 to 5%. Are, are people like, that just doesn't sound good to me. Is that what's getting them maybe a little spooked? I mean, we're at all-time market highs. What's the deal? Well, you know, if you, if you include a, a, a bear market in with a bull market cycle, the return sets tend to drag. You know, if we go back to 2000, we got two bear markets and two three really, really strong markets. bull markets in here. Um the rate of return set on the S&P isn't staggeringly good. It's up maybe 5% or so compounded over the last, you know, 17 years. It's not a big number. Yeah, so uh, it, it, it's not. Um, you know, it, there's been a lot of debate, too, active-passive. I'm watching CNBC this morning, and a uh, dude on there saying that, uh, you know, um, uh, it's great to be chained to the market when, when the market's going up and you're a passive investor. You feel really good. Your returns look really good. But to assume that people are going to be passive when the market goes down is and, and not be active, he was saying, is just uh, something's incongruent there. It just doesn't seem right. And, and that's what he was saying. Uh, you know, we, if we use history as our guide, people don't stay fully invested as the market goes down 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50%. I know that's not what people are expecting, but we have massive overvaluation. And when a market's correct from a massively overvalued, speculative, exuberant, euphoric state, which is where we are now, that's why people are nervous, um, you know, market's correct. Now, we could have a blistering return set before the market turns around, just like we did in 1999. I have to tell you, you know, deja vu, baby. This is looking so much like 1998 into 1999. If you take 2017 as 1998. So you're saying we're partying like it's 1999, huh? Oh, yeah, man. We're partying in the market just like it's 1999. People are paying crazy prices for stocks. That growth and momentum uh, trade, the tech trade, 
is just marching higher. I mean, last year, the big tech stocks were up 50% or more. Yeah, so you said the S&P's up, uh, you know, around 5%, growth's up 6%, value's up 4%. So we still, it looks like we've got this passive push going. People are crowding into, you know, those tech stocks, those FANG stocks that have been driving the market over the last few years. That could be a recipe for disaster. I mean, a lot of those companies have insane PE multiples. Yeah, I saw the same thing. You know, uh, the growth and momentum trade has got, you know, a a, a 1% better than the S&P itself and a couple of percent better than the value uh, indexes. So this is is surprising to me. It's all about that passive crowding because value actually came back into uh, favor last year and is moving pretty good. But the crowded trade into those uh, big cap indexes, you know, the technology stocks that are uh, the biggest cap weights, continue. Well, you feel really good about what's going on, I guess, if you're if you're chaining the market here. And and by the way, you're probably paying nothing for your your uh, you know ETF that you're invested in. Um, you know, the the big companies uh, have said that you know fees most likely will go to zero soon. And my question for those folks would be, how do you make money? I mean, theoretically, maybe we should have a stress test for you guys uh, if you're charging zero fees, because I just don't understand where your revenue is coming from. And your profit margins, you know, have to be slimmer than those people who actually have a fee on the front end. Right. Am I nuts? I don't know about a stress test, but, you know, think about this. I'm stressed thinking about it. Okay. If I have zero fee. I have zero revenue. So why any CEO of a large company that is mostly a passive purveyor of product would talk about having zero fee? Just to think, maybe they need Dr. Freud, not a stress test. Maybe they need an insanity test. I, I don't now, know. Really, man. really, what's you know, because because fees consume all of active managers, you know, returns or something like that, right? Or or if they they consume the fees. Yeah, I mean, it's simple math. I, if your fee was lower, your return would be better. This is simple minded thinking, right? Well, you know, uh, the fact that uh, positioning that active management uh, return sets are consumed by active management fees is inaccurate number one and number two you know there's a couple of different kinds of active management I mean, if you're in passive a low, management, t- low return passive, environment that might be the case passive management only right follows the index an active manager is if they're uh, searching for return through security selection they're going to have different uh stocks different weighting they're going to try to outperform on the upside uh through security selection they typically have an index bias and they typically will stay more fully invested even in declining markets. We think that's not the way to be active. We think being active means not only searching for return through better security selection, but also in bad market cycles, protecting capital from big losses so that I can improve my compounding results over a long period of time. Think about this, Matt. Even if you had a zero fee on passive and I had a 1% fee, on active, if I could curtail the loss, if I could cut it in half in the next bear market cycle and the loss was 50%, I'd have 25. For the market or, or for the passive product. 
for the path, 20 down, down 50 on the passive product, down yep. 25 on the actively managed product. Yep. I'd, ha- I'd have 25 years of fee coverage differential because I saved my client 25% of their capital. I improved the return dramatically. And that's really the key. The, that's a way to manage money in our world. That's what we think is the right way to go about business. Well, hey, you know what? If if you were taking $50,000 per year out of the S&P 500 and adjusted it annually, if you're taking withdrawals that add up to 50000 per year, you actually adjust that annually for inflation, which was right around 2.5%. And if you were taking systematic withdrawals out of the S&P 500, you ran out of money. Sorry, you started, game over. Started, if, if you, you started, started in million, 2000, two bad uh, bear markets and a couple of great up markets. If still you had a million enough. dollars starting balance and took 5% out, adjusted for inflation, you're broke. You're It's over. You're done. 17 years. That's right. Um, so, you know. That's, that's, that's not a smart way to go about it. So that's the passive side. And that's, that's how awesome story. the S&P 500 did. You're, you're broke. You're out of money and you're, you're going back to work. So. You know, so for all the so for all the baby boomers out there that are looking for a secure and safe retirement and a successful way to invest, passive indexing in the S and P five hundred, which is very popular at the moment, ain't the way to go. Yeah. So let's get back to the markets for a second. Uh, you know, jobless claims uh, happen to be at a forty five year low. Uh, that's great. It is great. Do you think that's a sign of? Wages potentially will rise, and maybe we'll see some inflation sometime soon. Well, we're already seeing inflation. We're going to see some more inflation. I think the uh, the wage side is going to get very tight. We've seen company after company increasing, you know, the minimum wage or the wage that they're paying, uh, paying out bonuses because of the uh, repatriation of capital. Uh, that they've had, and they're sharing it. They're sharing it. This is a good thing. And Apple's going to actually repatriate in in the neighborhood of like $250 billion, by the way. Just Apple alone. Big time money. But there's millions of employees that are getting special bonuses and wage increases. This is going to affect the wage side of the inflation equation, and we're going to see staggeringly higher numbers in the first couple and, of quarters. And so expenses for corporations are most likely going to go up in the way of wages. We could see more uh, inflation as a result. But um, also, I, I've read that 401k contributions by employers are also starting to go up to try and attract employees. These are all good things. I think that's a great benefit for employees on this uh, you know, new tax act. But I give think about this, Matt. GDP is rocking and rolling, going to come in hotter, stronger than people think. The revenue side on corporations, which we're going to talk about a little bit in a minute, is really showing some powerful growth. What we're going to see is the Fed starting to get extremely nervous about how quickly they raise interest rates because inflation growth is going to start to accelerate more than they thought was possible. Hey, if this government shutdown persists, by the way, do they collect taxes? You mentioned taxes. I mean, is the IRS like open for business or not? Well, they may not be. I'm a little open, confused. But they're Sorry, collect anyway. taxes. 
you're not getting out of paying your taxes. Oh, death, death and taxes. I mean, uh, I read recently too, wages for high school grads. This is this is pretty cool. It's growing faster than college grads. Um, is this a sign that the economic expansion is? Uh, you know, growing and 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 the broad uh, the 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 base is broadening. Absolutely, I think that you know people who don't have a job, it's going to be fewer and fewer people who don't have a job. Everybody's going to get a job, and I think that there's a lot more slack than people think, but it's going to be used up very quickly over the next few uh, quarters. With with and infrastructure then I, then I think spending and really all this kind of stuff. Up. Cool. So. You know, we're going to take a deeper look at earnings season in just a second. Just to leave you off here, the the markets are off to their best two weeks since start since 1987. 1987 was a special year. We'll be right back at you here on Bull Bear Radio in just a second. Do you need income? WBI's retirement income strategy focuses on keeping investors' capital base intact in order to grow and provide income leading to and in retirement. The strategy combines dividend-paying stocks with high-quality corporate or high-yield bonds. Learn more at WBIinvestments.com. And we're back here on Bull Bear Radio. So 1987, Don, you were in the business back then. Markets were up huge to start the year, uh, a shade over 36%. Uh, and then the wheels fell off and we had some huge volatility. Could this be a foreshadowing of, of events to come here? We're off to a great start. You're saying Q1, Q2, GDP could be good. Markets could get off to a good start. And, and I think you've said that uh, the second half could be a little bit different animal. Could we be talking uh, something like 1987? Uh, you were saying we're partying like it's 1999. So does that mean when we flip the script on you know 2019 or later this year that we might be seeing a, a big bear market correction, 20-plus percent neighborhood? Well, 1987 was special because the market fell you know, 30-some percent in two days. You know, it would, it just no warning. Now, in August of uh, 1987, I was getting pretty nervous because we had, you know, really significant overvaluation. The markets were running real hot. Things were starting to tighten up on the uh, interest rate side. So, you know, you have a lot Yo, of the GD same things GDP aligning. GDP was good back then, too. GDP was strong in 1987. Absol absolutely. You know, the uh, October correction really came out of the came out of nowhere. It took most people by surprise. You know, the markets really did something similar in 2008, meaning there was a huge seller's strike, meaning it sellers bonanza. Were, was a bonanza. It was. People were selling everything. In 1987, we like had a, a similar thing where the markets broke down and everybody sold at the same time. Okay, so this is depressing me here. Uh, that so you're saying maybe this could co come to fruition in uh, you know, a theater near you in you know, 6 12 18 months or something like that? Anytime. Oh. The people people are nervous. If the wheels fall off this thing, we don't expect a small decline, we expect a bigger decline. I, and I hear that. I, I don't know that the wheels are going to fall off right now. I mean, the unexpected can happen. You know, woo. Yeah. You know, well, kind of outer outer limits was 1987 was like spooky. I hear the kids are going crazy. The millennials in the street, they don't like stocks. Stocks scare them, except for if you want to buy Snapchat or Facebook, and they know that, so they buy that. But other than that, the millennials are like, dude, I don't want to buy stocks. I hear older clients right now kind of getting a little spooked. Ooh. 
you know, about uh, the markets right now. And and folks, you know, some of the big uh, companies right now, uh, the wirehouses and such, are saying that maybe you should raise a little bit of cash, maybe buy some dividend growers. Is it too soon to fold them here? I don't think you can fold into this market. You know, last time people want the upside. They're still chasing returns, even though they're nervous. People are voraciously looking for more return. I mean, we're off to a huge start this year already. You don't go up five, six percent in the first two weeks without people taking notice. So I think that you're going to have a hard time raising cash and staying in cash throughout the year. If this is another 1999 or 1987, and the markets go up 30, 40, 50%, which could happen before a correction. And then all of a sudden the wheels fall off. Before the wheels fall off, at some time over the next 18, 24 months, you're going to lose a lot of clients. Yeah, you gotta st- and you got to stay with this. It, this is what people look for in a bull market. I would not want to stay passive completely. I would want to raise some cash into this. But if you have a better way, if you have a time-tested methodology well, like we have, uh, like we have at WBI. The funny thing is I've been hearing a lot about guys coming out of the woodwork lately, you know, that say they're going to protect capital, um, you know, in a down market, yet the the strategy was incepted in 2010. And and they print, you know, hey, you know, my, my expected range of returns might be in the 10 to 20, down 10 to, you know, up 26 range. That seems incongruent to me. Am I nuts that... I could get a down 10 and an up 26 because that that sounds pretty, pretty awesome. I'll take one of those. Hey, you can make anything up. <laughs> you I can guess, make anything. I, I up. guess so. So, you know, and people believe it, unfortunately. But, you know, really, from a, we have time tested uh, risk management and you can protect capital successfully on the downside. We're fully invested. We are getting the return sets that people are seeing on the passive indexes. As an active manager. Or, or even a shade better. After, even a shade uh, better than passive. Yeah. It, you know, and, and we charge fees, so it's net of fees. So, you know, we offer a really good value paradigm for uh, participating in the up market and being able to protect that in the down mean, market. Yeah, that when doesn't the down mean market every single up. one of WBI's products is, you know, outperforming right now. Some some are, some some are close, you know. But uh, anyway, yeah, when, when the, the, the bad news comes around, Don, you know, we can uh, protect capital, right? Yeah, I mean, people can check out the website for what our return sets look like. So, you know, um, but we offer an interesting, uh, we think, value proposition in the marketplace that is populated by, you know, uh, passive management pretty much so, or or active managers chasing return with no risk real mitigation. risk management solution that has been through a bear market. So you're, you're saying it's too soon to fold them. And is that because earnings are also strong at the moment? The economy's strong. Earnings are strong. You know, people are chasing returns a little bit here. Is it really because the fundamentals also look pretty good? Why you have kind of a, uh, a bullish take uh, in the near term here? Well, we have two different things going on on the earnings side, right? We have companies that have the offshore cash, lots of offshore cash, and to repatriate that, they have to pay taxes. And so we have financial services company like Citibank had a massive monster write-off in terms of the tax bill for their repatriated cash. That is taking Q4 2017 earnings from positive to negative. And the market's 
don't quite know, you know, uh, from a transparency standpoint, what's going on. So, um, on an adjusted basis, earnings are really strong. We're talking about a huge, probably best in this cycle, quarterly earnings print without these one-time tax adjustments. Yeah. Pro- probably 13 or 14% by the end of the quarter. The thing that's really exciting, that is very transparent, that isn't affected by these one-time write-offs, is a level of revenue growth. Yeah. Eight, yeah. almost 9%. That it- is huge. That's double almost what we've averaged so far in this cycle double there's there's 50 or 60 companies reporting and and we're seeing double digit almost earnings growth depending on the the source that you're looking at with the you know one-time write-offs and such strong sales you know growth in the in the double digit rain earnings in the mid uh teens that's that's what bloomberg has reported so far uh you know with um you know, 60 or so companies. So that's cool. Um, really strong. What's, what's Bloomberg got the, for revenues? Uh, yeah. it, right around 14, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 8% for sales growth and 14% almost in the ballpark with, with uh, you know, 55 companies reporting, not, you know, about 10% of the companies reporting so far. So the estimates, so the estimates before we went into the quarter, and we started to get earnings results. The estimates for, were for a 10.2 percent uh, increase in earnings, and we're running at 14. That's a big number. That's a big beat on average, and revenue growth big I beats. think was was poised for about a six percent growth rate, and we're at eight. So we're really running hot. These are big numbers. These are big numbers, and and if you look back on the chart, you're looking at little piddly numbers a, a year year ago or so. So this is good. This is good momentum for for earnings. And for revenue growth, it's insane at the moment. So I, I would concur with you. It seems like it's too soon to fold them here. And look, you know, we've had a, a government shutdown, uh, you know, recently, and uh, it, it really has not. Uh, the, the market's been pretty bulletproof. I don't think the shutdown lasts too long. We could have a resolution today. Um it, it really is a high-stakes poker situation for the Democrats to continue to try to keep the government on shutdown so that they can get, you know, um, whatever their legislative priorities are uh, across here. You know, the, it's, it's like playing Russian roulette, man. This is not a good thing to do with uh, the U.S. government, with the Treasury with, um, you know, how people view the U.S. around the world or for the U.S. taxpayers. It's just the wrong thing to do. They need to come together, find a partisan solution, bipartisan, not a single partisan solution, so that we can, uh, you know, move along and we can start to address the things that matter. This doesn't, this is, this is really election, electioneering. Yeah, well. 2018 elections that's all it doesn't matter whether you're democrat or republican there's definitely some sensible things that can be done here and they've they've been you know uh unfortunately running the government's one thing and and having a budget uh you know is is one thing and then the issues are a completely different thing so it's unfortunate that we have running the government and then issues that they want to debate you know coming together here just doesn't. You're right. It doesn't matter whether it's Republican or Democrat. The, the, the one thing that I'd love to see them do is their job. 
and and they Repres- yes. represent the American people. Well, not your ability to get reelected. Yes, that's it just doesn't make sense to me. Let's 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 come together. Let's find you know reasonable solutions for these things and let's move America forward. Seems good, doesn't it? I do. I like it. I like it. You know, I'm not running for anything though. So don't <laughs> You know, sounds good. Anyway, uh, that's what we've got here on on Bull Bear Radio today. I mean, we'll come back next week. There's going to be way more companies reporting, and we'll have lots more data to share with you guys, which is super cool. And uh, you know, so that's that's this week for Bull Bear Radio. Don, uh, it's been great, and uh, hopefully we don't see 1987. You know, come come roll around too soon here. So I wouldn't I wouldn't move to cash yet. All right. All right. Thanks. I wouldn't move to cash yet. And listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Get out there. Put your headphones on. You know, gosh, we're we're a great soundtrack to work out to. Uh, maybe not. But, hey, you can learn something if you're on the treadmill. All right? Just saying. Have a good one. Till next time. See ya. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stock discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly in this podcast, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time and there's always a possibility of loss. Moreover, you should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or from any other investment professional. To the extent that you have any questions regarding the applicability of any specific issue discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or the professional advisor of your choosing. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information pertaining to WBI's advisory operations services and fees is set forth in WBI's disclosure statement in Part 2A of Form ADV, a copy of which is available upon request. The S&P 500 withdrawal scenario assumes a hypothetical $1 million initial investment from 2000 to 2017 with 50,000 annual income taken in monthly increments with no withdrawal for the first month. Indices are unmanaged and cannot be invested indirectly.